Well, good morning, church, the body of Christ. I heard that one good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning, church. Awesome. In our Ephesians series that we finished a few weeks ago, we saw and talked about the mystery of the church and the oneness that we're called to amidst diversity that we are also called to and to expect and actually to celebrate. Um, The call to one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, if you remember from Ephesians chapter chapter 4. And Paul, as you read the letters that he writes to the churches, you see that he encourages the churches, challenges the churches, and addresses different issues in the churches around this theme of his call to unity in the midst of their experience of diverse people, of people who often struggle to get along. And so we see some of the same language and imagery that Paul uses uh, that we looked at a few weeks ago as he teaches about the spiritual gifts in the church. And as we came through the Ephesians series, we, we just sensed and we heard from people that it would be good to go down deeper a little bit and spend more time on this topic of spiritual gifts. And that's why in this month of June, we want to spend a little bit more time uh, in this topic specifically. And last week and this week, we're, we're in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, and we'll turn there in just a minute uh, again. Last week, James uh, Penner was preaching. He introduced this series, and he uh, spoke about the justification for the spiritual gifts. And this reality that how we understand the nature of the church and how we view the church and what the essence of the church is really shapes how we see the importance and the application and the place of spiritual gifts. And sometimes we lose sight of the forest for the trees. We might unintentionally see the church as the liturgy, kind of the structures of a Sunday morning corporate worship gathering like this morning when we come together the corporate worship structure that we follow. Maybe it's the songs that we sing and we take an offering and we do some announcements of church family life and we have a sermon and we have different kinds of response times and, and that's, that's our liturgy. That's our structure of how we kind of gather to worship. And so we can focus on that and go, okay, well, that's the church. Or maybe we look at some of the structures of our governance for those who love that kind of stuff. Or our program structures and how we're structured uh, as a church in terms of the programs that we do and the things that we offer. Or our staffing structures or whatever the case may be. And these structures are important. They serve the church. They help us hopefully have some focus and some clarity and some ways of doing things that make sense. And that help us to see God in, in different ways. But they in themselves are not the church. But that's sometimes where we lose sight of the bigger picture, as they say, lose sight of the forest for the trees. And sometimes we miss what the real work and the real essence of the church is. And that's what James was getting at last week of the church is this incredible picture of the manifestation of the grace of God incorporated in God's people. It's the people of God filled with the Spirit of God being the church. Lives transformed by Jesus through God's love and the work of God in our lives and how we disciple one another. And the primary way that God does that is through the gifts that he gives the church through his Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit among us and within us. It's the body of Christ. It's his people. And so it's not the building. We know that. It's not even the structures which serve us, we don't serve them, but it's 
the people of Christ filled with the Spirit of Christ. And when we lose sight of that, and when we actually see some of the other things as what the church is, we actually then start to see the spiritual gifts as just sort of a nice add-on. And say, well, yeah, you know, they're kind of, they're good, but do we really need all the gifts? And when that happens, it, it, you know, saying that the, the gifts of the Spirit aren't really necessary is kind of like saying a swimming pool doesn't really need water. I mean, you know, the concrete walls and the floor and the filter system, that's enough, that's good. It kind of misses the point. So when we see the church as this charismata, the unique abilities that the Holy Spirit gives to the church through the people, we begin to see the church for what it really is and the function that God has given it and called it to. So last week, James had us walk through and look at the justification for the gifts. This week, I want to focus on the context of the gifts, the body of Christ, the people of Christ, to focus on the context. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm going to be walking through verse 12 to the end this morning, but just the first few verses there. Uh, Paul says this, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So the church, Paul is saying, is made up of these many diverse parts. It's a diverse body filled with the Spirit of God and that the Spirit of God gives gifts to the church, to His people. And it's this beautiful picture of one Spirit, one body, and diverse gifts and diverse people. So we might expand this text and you could add to it and what Paul is saying and and say it this way. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, some are white, some are black, some are brown, some are strong personalities, some are quiet personalities. Some like to serve up front and and lead up front. Some like to stay in the background. Some see the issues of the world in black and white. Some see a lot of gray. Some are rich and have great material wealth. Some are poor and have very little. Some have a wealth of deep relationships. And some have a poverty of relationships and feel alone. Some are extroverts. Some are introverts. Some seem to have many gifts and some are confused as to what their gifts are. This is the body of Christ. This is the church. And what Paul is saying, every gift, every personality, every temperament matters and is important. And he's saying that the whole church, as you see, the whole church is so much more and so much more important than any individual body part. The body parts matter, but don't lose sight of the mystery of the whole church and that every part has a part to play. And there's something powerful that happens when each part does its work and the church becomes this witness to the transforming work of God in the world. In our Confession of Faith as an MB conference, it says this about the nature of the church. The church is one body of believers, male and female, from every nation, race, and class. The head of this body is Christ. The church, united by one spirit, makes Christ visible to the world. The church exists as local bodies of believers and as as a worldwide community of faith. So the individual parts do matter, but we need to see it in the broader context. What matters more is the body. That the sum of the parts is far, the body is more than just the sum of the parts when it functions together. So in this next section of verse 14 and following, 
Paul, he asks some, what I would say are some really silly questions. And they're, they're kind of rhetorical questions. And it's like, it's sort of like, duh, questions. Like, really? Like, I don't think that we should see the gifts in this way. And I'm not going to read through all that, but I, I, I think they're questions that are, on, that are important for us to ask. And if we're honest, we might ask some similar questions. And, and really what he's getting at are things like this. Does what I bring to the church matter? Do I matter? Are my gifts important? Why am I not more like that person? And what does it mean to be part of the body? Those are some of the things that, that Paul digs into and asks in these kind of rhetorical ways uh, in that section. But I thought I wanted to do this a little bit more visually. So Spencer, why don't you come on up? I asked Spencer if he'd help me with this. And I want to ask some of the questions that Paul asked in that section with an actual body. I asked Spencer if, he, if I could use his body parts this morning, and I said he could join me as well too. And I told him to, uh, you know, reveal some skin this morning. So I said, you know, wear shorts and so on. So he's listening, and that's a good thing. So, so here's Spencer, and I just wanted to use him and, and so that we could see his body parts. He's got a pretty good-looking body here, right? Strong arms, muscles, yeah. There. You know, they're there. He's got an elbow joint that moves. Got a nice tattoo here, Saskatchewan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know there's scripture in Leviticus about that, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> just bugging you. Okay, um, so his elbow works really good, you know, and that's a good thing. Uh, he's got a knee joint here. Look at his knees. They're pretty strong. Do you know the knee joint is like the most complex joint in the body? It's got so many things going on, and it can move in so many directions. Plus, it's weight-bearing. So it has, did you know that? It's got so much. A lot of weight. A lot of weight. Okay. Spencer's got feet, good, strong feet. And, and in this section, Paul's saying, you know, it's like the foot saying, you know, I, why am I not more like the hand? I want to be like the hand. You know, the hand can clap. It can high-five. You know, it can pick up things and so on, Right? And so that's what Paul's saying. And he's saying, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. You know, when one body part wants to be like the other body part, why would a knee want to be like an elbow, even though they are a little bit? Why would a, 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 an eye want to be like an ear? He says, you know, it's, it's not necessary. And then he also says, what if your body was made up of one body part that was like massive? I have a picture of like one eye. Look at that, Spencer. Wow. What if that was your body, right? And so that's not Spencer's eye. I think it's got makeup on it. So, but our bodies are complex, right? So Spencer, here's what I want you to do. I want you to say something to the church, but I don't want you to use your mouth or your tongue. It has to be silent. I want you to use a different party part to say something to the church. I want you to actually use your kidneys. <laughs> now, you have two of them, and so it should actually be in stereo, right? So... Close your mouth, but I want you to say something to the church with your kidneys. Okay? Go. I don't hear anything. Oh, they're kind of in the back. That's right. Maybe it's here. Okay, let me listen. No, I don't hear anything. Okay. So, you see what Paul is saying. He's saying it doesn't make sense for a body part to want to be another body part, and it doesn't make sense to expect a certain body part to do what it was not intended to do. Right? Thank you. Can we say spank, thank you to Spencer's body parts? <laughs> Let's read verse 18 and following. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, 
I don't need you. Body parts are interdependent, not independent. And God has placed each one exactly where he wants it. Think about that for the church. Think about that for the unique gifts that God has given you. Even if you kind of wonder, what are my gifts? And we're going to get to some of that in the, in the weeks ahead as well. But we see in this text what Paul is saying is that it would be silly to want to be someone else. Be who God created you to be. So comparing our gifts and longing for someone else, gifts is not the point. Every gift matters. Every gift matters. Every gift has a role. And the body is so much more than just the sum of the parts. Spencer, too, is so much more than just the sum of his body parts or his roles. Spencer is a husband, a father, a pastor, a son. But he's much more than that. Those are just roles or hats that, that he wears in life. He also has a soul. He has emotion. He has personality. And you can't kind of separate out all those things and his joints and, and body parts and say, well, that, that's Spencer. It's, it's more than the sum of those individual components. When you see the beauty of what God creates and the wonder of a personality and a person, and you go, Spencer is so much more than that. Like you can't explain it by just breaking down the parts. He's a gifted young man who serves the church. And so what Paul is saying is that in the same way, the church is like that. You can't just sort of say, well, the church is made up of this part and this gift and this gift. No, no, no. There's a mystery to it and there's something so substantially more that happens when you see everybody doing their part. It's powerful. One other thing that's important to remember about the spiritual gifts is who they are for. My very lovely and loving mother-in-law once gave me this sticker. I tried not to take it too personally uh, or ask, oh, so what are you exactly trying to say to me? But I've kept it as a reminder of my love for her and also a caution at times when I get into my pity parties and think that life is all about me. Here's the thing about spiritual gifts. They're not for you. Let me personalize it. My gifts are not for me. They're for others. They're for the growth and maturity and the encouragement of the church. The gifts that God has given you through his Holy Spirit are for the body of Christ. The one exception to that might be the gift of tongues that Paul talks about a little bit later on, more so in, in, verse, in chapter 14, where he talks about this gift that has this relationship with God of speaking in tongues, but he says it's actually more for you and it's not so much for the body. And that's why in some ways I think he sort of diminishes it a little bit. He affirms it. He says that's a great gift, but actually seek the greater gifts that serve the body. But by and large, the gifts are not for you. They're for the body of Christ. And so it's important that we see the context of the spiritual gifts as this beautiful body because it pushes against this individualism that we so have in our culture of my faith is just between me and Jesus. When we look at spiritual gifts, we focus on ourselves and how these gifts are playing out and how I'm feeling in these gifts and how I'm serving in these gifts as opposed to how am I being a gift to the church? You know, if we stay in that individualism mindset, even without realizing it, we will stagnate in immaturity. We only grow in maturity as we bring who we are and bring what we have and bring what God has placed in us into interpersonal relationships within the body of Christ. And it takes risk. 
and we get hurt. But our gifts matter. And so we serve, and we get involved, and we're called to be part of the body. As we continue in verse 22 of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, Paul goes on and he says, In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts that we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. So remember, Paul is addressing oftentimes issues within the church. People have been writing him letters. He's heard reports of what's going on in the church. And so part of what he's likely addressing here is this reality that some of the gifts are being minimized in the church. Some of the gifts are being said, well, those don't really matter. But it's like these gifts that really matter. And he's saying, no, no, no. All of the gifts matter. Every person, every personality And he's saying sometimes the more public gifts, like those with a microphone and a platform, should be seen in a more balanced perspective rather than always being put on a pedestal and strive for. Some of the body parts that maybe seem weaker or less important are actually the most necessary. And Paul's saying we need to cover them, protect them, care for them so that they can do their important work in a healthy context. Rather than trying to make others more like us or this body part more like that body part or this body part doing something that it was never created for because God placed it for a different reason, for a different purpose. How my liver works in my body is really important. But I don't think about it very much. I never give it a thought. But if it's not working, I pay attention, right? So that's what Paul is saying here in this text, is some of those things that are behind the scenes, not seen, never public, in the background, working hard, never getting affirmed, those things really matter. Those gifts really matter. Those people really matter. Those body parts really matter because if they aren't functioning, the church isn't the church and can't be what it was intended and called to be. Well, let's keep reading in verse 27 to the end. So Paul goes on and he says, All of you together are Christ's body, (laughs) and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church. And again, he gives another list here. He gave a list earlier on in this chapter. There's other lists in in, uh, Romans chapter 12 and Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. We've seen that. None of these are exhaustive, but he gives another list. He says there's apostles, prophets, teachers, those who do miracles, gifts of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Then he says this, are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? It's a rhetorical question. He says, of course not. Of course not. There's no one gift, he says, that is for every individual person. He says, no, no, God gives different gifts for different people. And then he says, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. So on the one hand, he's saying, you need to be at peace with the gifts God has given you. It's okay to desire other gifts, but desire the gifts that serve the body of Christ is what he is saying. So he's saying, 
Not one gift is intended for all believers, but in the same way, not any one believer has all the gifts. We need each other. And as we seek the gifts and we pray for these gifts, Paul's saying, that's good. Pray for those gifts. Ask God to give you these gifts, whatever they may be, and then receive with open hand and humility whatever gifts God gives you to serve the body of Christ. Don't try to make other people like you. Don't put expectations on other people that they will have gifts just like you have gifts. Because then we don't need each other. I think it's important that we understand, at least at some level, what our gift is or some of our gifts are. But I also think it's very important that we understand what gifts we don't have. Because then we need the body. Then we need each other. You know, I've, I've prayed often for gifts, whatever gifts God would have for me. As I've been involved in leadership in the church, I've cried out to God and I said, I pray for wisdom regularly. I cry out to God and I say, Lord, would you give me more wisdom? I've prayed at times, God, would you give me, I've even prayed, said, God, if you want me to have the gift of tongues, give me the gift of tongues. If you want other prophetic gifts, give me those prophetic gifts. If you want me to have the gifts of healing, Lord, would you give me the gifts of, of healing? Whatever they are, I have open hands. Lord, give me whatever gifts you want me to have. I don't speak in tongues, I never have. Lots of people in this church do. People in my family do. I don't have gifts, personal gifts of healing. I've been involved in praying with people, and I've seen healing. I've been a part of that. I don't know what my prayers contributed, but I'm part of the body. And it's exciting when I see healing happen, which I've seen many times. I typically don't do counseling because I want people to actually get help. You don't want me in charge of your finances, trust me. I am so thankful for people like Dale and Anna and others in this church who are really good at finances and give oversight to that. I did, I did the calculation on this the other day. Um, we have about a $1.8 million budget. I am directly in charge and responsible for $4,400. That is two-tenths of 1%. And that's about right. Other people need to be in charge of finances, not me. But we need to understand the things that we're good at. We need to understand the things that we're not good at. And so Paul is making these points is to understand that, be okay with it, and enjoy the body of Christ. And allow every body part to be its unique part and to give its unique contribution. Seek the greater gifts, but seek the ones that build up the body most. You know, I am so thankful for the church. I am so thankful for each one of you that are here today, those that are part of our church that are spread around the world, because we get to be part of something together. This local church, we're part of three congregations currently as Forest Grove Community Church. We're part of a family of churches here in the city of Saskatoon. We're part of a global church around the world. And I love that we just have to play a role as individuals, and I think churches too. I think every individual congregation plays a unique role. We too shouldn't all strive to be alike. I think it's good that congregations have different expressions and different ways of doing things and have different emphases. That makes us a better body of Christ. And I am so thankful for the church and the diversity of gifts because it takes the pressure off me because I don't have to be all things to all people. 
as I can. I just have to do my part, and you have to do your part. And so for me, as I look to the church and see how we need each other, I am so encouraged how we together can be a collective witness to the world and see lives transformed in Jesus Christ. I am so encouraged when I see a team of people using their many gifts in organization and creativity plan and prepare for Harry and Judy's retirement uh, celebration tonight. And I've seen this team of people working with joy and, and having so much fun of preparing for that. I had nothing to do with it. It'll be a great celebration because it's body parts being the church. When I hear the story of someone uh, beginning a book club to have spiritual conversations with those who are on the fringes of the church and kind of on the periphery to draw them in and have conversations about Jesus, it's just so encouraging. That's, that's our body working together. Or when others are, are starting to get to know their neighbors and, and actually interacting with their neighbors and having conversations about them and asking questions about their family and about their faith and just having conversations about faith in their communities and where they live. That's the body being the body, and we're part of that. When I see young adults leading a small group of youth and discipling and teaching them about Jesus, it just so encourages me because that's the body and body parts serving in a remarkable way. When I hear stories and I, I see our missionaries at different times serving in different places, and when somebody like Leanna is teaching in a classroom in Peru, or, or people like the Goddards are serving and discipling leaders in Guadalajara, or people are serving in India or Thailand or different places of the world, that's our body. That's us as a body of Christ serving in different parts of the world using the gifts and different opportunities. When I see so many of our Broadway congregation who are involved at the bridge, People there on the board, some serve in youth programs, some are helping with cap, capital, capital campaigns. It's the church being the church in some of the regions of our city that are more marginalized and, and vulnerable. When I get an email with a, a timely scripture and a prophetic word of encouragement to me, it's one body part encouraging another. When I see people here in the hallways and in the foyer when they're talking to one another, and somebody's got a hand on another person and they're praying for each other, you have no idea how that blesses me and how the body of Christ is encouraging and walking with other body parts in the body. When I see a team of people sacrificially giving of their time and resources to help settle and establish newcomers in Canada, that's us as the church being part of the body of Christ. So I hope today you found some encouragement. And sometimes we can get so fixated on the details of, well, what are all these spiritual gifts and, and how do they make sense for me? And those are important questions and we'll continue to get to some of those. But we first of all have to see the critical importance of seeing the context of these gifts as the body and not lose sight of the forest for the trees and actually see that the body is this beautiful picture of diverse people using their unique gifts and sometimes they feel very ordinary and mundane, things that we do, but they matter and they serve the church of Christ. And God honors that. And so may you be encouraged and blessed today. May you, may you also relax in how God has created you and how God has blessed you and how God has gifted you, even in maybe your questions and maybe even at times confusion. And that you would be committed to just thinking, God, how can I serve the body today? How can I be a gift to this church? 
And as each one of us do that, it is remarkable what God can do with the collective witness of people of Christ filled with the Spirit of Christ serving a very hurting world. I want to conclude with these verses from Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5, which I think is a good summary. In this other section where Paul is talking about this very same theme to the church in Rome, he says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Worship team, if you would come up. Let's pray together. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this church, for this local body. I thank you for each individual here. I pray, Lord, that you would comfort and encourage each one today. And Lord, I know that in this topic of spiritual gifts, there can be a lot of hurts and pains that we've gone through and we've, we've struggled with knowing our gifts or how we can use our gifts or different questions that we have about that. Because when we use our gifts, we're actually being really vulnerable because that's really core to who we are. It's how you've made us. Lord, help us to be a body that blesses and encourages and releases the gifts in their fullness. Help us to grow in maturity in this area. Help us to be a church that is a safe place to try and fail, to try and succeed, to encourage one another in the different gifts that we have and that we use. And God, may we just continue to grow into maturity as the body of Christ. Thank you for the diversity that we have. Help us to become more diverse in the years ahead, Lord. In giftedness that's here, in the uh, ethnicity and the nationalities that are here, and the age groups that are here, in all the different ways, Lord, but may you make us a diverse church and help us at the same time to grow in unity and to appreciate one another for what we bring. So God, bless us and encourage us in this today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.